From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Public school is the instituted agency of socialism throughout every community. The U.S. government has no authority to have any role in education. We're going to lose our very republic if we don't stop this indoctrination of children in government schools. What happened to us in China can't happen here. Have one kind of education and then call it equity. It's about outcomes. It's about trying to force us all to be equal. I think we're going to have a race civil war in our hands. We are exposing kids to pornography as early as kindergarten. Parents just don't know. No, not anymore. Not anymore. Parents need to wake up. They don't have the interests of your child at heart. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. That was a trailer from the brand new documentary. It's called Truth and Lies in American Education. We've got Alex Newman right here with us this morning to talk about that and so much more. Of course, you know him from the Liberty Sentinel, also the New American Magazine, the Epic Times, and Freedom Project Media. He's a journalist, author, educator, and he's also, um, well, he's the senior editor of the New American Magazine, and he's with us today to talk about public school exit as well. But uh, Alex Newman, welcome back to the podcast, brother. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Okay, before we dive into what people just heard some of those clips from Truth and Lies in American Education, and, and just powerful, very important voices that people need to listen to. Um, tell us about Public School Exit. Well, Public School Exit is a ministry that we founded. Um, it it kind of grew out of a national speaking tour I did in 2019. Uh, tra- I loaded my family up with uh, a travel trailer, and we went across the country. I spoke about a hundred and 30 times across 43 different states, uh, and actually ended up going to several different countries oh as well. Uh, yeah, exposing <laughs> what was going on in public schools and, and explaining to people what the Bible says about education, which uh, at this point is completely incompatible with what passes for education in the government's indoctrination centers. So we got together with um, a wonderful team of people, uh, including former leaders in the education field, uh, one of our founding uh, board members was the superintendent of public instruction for the state of Arizona. So she was the top education official for the state of Arizona, uh, the most recent one. I think she stepped down in 2020. Um, we had uh, E. Ray Moore, who has been uh, basically calling for people to get out of the public schools for over 20 years. Now he's the founder of the Exodus Mandate. We had uh, Dran Reese, who's the mm-hmm. founder of the Salt and Light Council, uh, and just this wonderful team, Rebecca Friedrichs, who who helped uh, take on the unions all the way to the Supreme Court. So we just built the, this wonderful team, and our goal is to show churches and parents, first of all, why they need to get out of the public schools, and then second of all, to facilitate that transition. So we're working with churches across the country and even outside of the United States now to help them build life rafts to start evacuating mm. the families from the sinking ship that is the government indoctrination system. Thank you, Alex. And I pray that there's still time. Um, I, 
I mean, at this point, I, I pray that there's still time for parents to take these steps and do this. It's absolutely necessary. And you, you're going to talk about the condition of some of the schools and what they're actually teaching. And I put teaching in air quotes. Um, so the website, publicschoolexit.com, publicschoolexit.com. Got a news release um, about a week ago, actually less than that, from United States Parents Involved in Education, USPIE. Parents are labeled abusive over gender identity indoctrination. And there's a film that equips parents to fight back, and it's called Truth and Lies in American Education. We just heard some of the clips. We've got some bullet points to talk about, Alex. Give us an overview of that. Well, it's a wonderful film. Uh, it's, it was created by U.S. Parents Involved in Education. Uh, Duke Pesta, Dr. Duke Pesta and I serve on the advisory board there with Michelle Malkin and uh, many other wonderful individuals. And um, it's it's really a fascinating story. It kind of tells you what's going on in the public schools through the lens of through the, the personal story of the communications director of U.S. Pi, who went through this experience of learning what was happening there and just being absolutely shocked. Um, and actually, it, yeah, I'm very honored that it begins with a book that a book that I wrote with Dr. Samuel Blumenfeld almost a decade ago now called Crimes of the Educators, mm-hmm. and. Um, She's kind of reading this. Her her mom, who is the founder of U.S. Pie, Sherry Few, had given her a copy and told her to read it. And she's just astounded, and she doesn't actually believe what she's reading. So she goes and she starts researching this stuff, and she realizes, whoa, it's all true. And, uh, <laughs> man, this, this system is horrific. So it's kind of her journey learning about all of these things intermixed with what's happening in the public schools. It's a very, very well-done film. Uh, I highly encourage people to get a copy for themselves and then some extra ones to share with your pastor, with uh, folks uh, at your church, with your neighbors, because, uh, you know, this is a crisis that affects every single American, even if you don't have school-aged children, even if your children are not in the government school system. Um, this is a tsunami hitting yes. our country, and uh, we need to be sounding the alarm, and this, this film is really a great tool for doing that. Um, Alex, one more thing. I'm going to hand it over to Mary after this question. It just seems like all of a sudden this stuff is coming out about what parents can and cannot do, uh, opting out or, or whatever, and wh- whether they have rights to speak into their child's curriculum in the government-run schools. It, it seems like it happens suddenly, but this has been in the works for, what, a 100 years? Yeah, it really has. Uh, one of the things that I have tried to do is, show people how we got this system. Now, it, it, there's just a sense among Americans today that this system is just how it is and how it should be and how it always has been, and nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, prior to World War One, most Americans were still primarily homeschooled. Um, th- this whole idea that the government should indoctrinate and educate our children uh, is really a, a new innovation you know, for almost 2,000 years of church history. It was always understood that parents were the primary educators of their children. Yes. And... Uh, to the extent that there needed to be some outside assistance. You know, you bring in grandma, grandpa, aunts and uncles, older siblings, neighbors, tutors, and, and the church. Um, you know, the idea that government would be involved in education, mm-hmm. aside from Plato's ramblings in the Republic, where he wanted, you know, this um, very bizarre concept of philosopher kings and, and government schools. I mean, other than those rantings, uh, the first guy to really seriously propose government education was a uh, anti-Christian utopian communist named Robert Owen. Mm. Uh, this is a guy who wrote all these weird essays in the early 1800s calling for government education. 
And, of course, we didn't have government education in America at that time, so people were not thrilled with this idea. It's uh, it's a really fascinating story. To his credit, at least this guy truly believed in the nonsense he was spewing. Uh, (laughs) He did start a communist commune in Indiana called New Harmony, and it failed after less than two years because, of course, communism doesn't work. It's unbiblical. But um, this grew. He actually started a movement, a whistleblower who had become an organizer for his cause in the state of New York, ended up defecting. Uh, He ended up uh, becoming a Catholic and repenting of this wickedness he had participated in, in this effort to have Americans hand their children over to government schools. And so he wrote this big expose of what they were doing. He he said the secret society was modeled on the Carbonari of Europe, of Italy primarily, and that their goal was to get... um, public opinion shifted so that Americans would be willing to give their children to government for education and also to get men elected to the legislatures who would support the idea of government education. And then he said the ultimate objective, this is the whistleblower speaking, he said the ultimate objective of this whole idea of government schools was to destroy Christianity. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, So that's a whistleblower who participated in the movement to first push government education in this country and really in the world. Mm. Now, uh, it didn't catch on early on in America, but uh, these essays that Robert Owen was writing were picked up by the ambassador from Prussia. He took them back to the dictator of Prussia, who, uh, according to Robert Owen's autobiography, so much approved of these ideas that he ordered his interior minister to set up a government school system. Wow. Uh, first ever example that I can find of education of the state, by the state, and for the state this gets reimported into Massachusetts by Horace Mann, another utopian who rejected the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then it gets further weaponized by John Dewey, an actual communist, uh, a, a guy who visited the Soviet Union and couldn't stop raving about how wonderful it was, uh, a guy who founded what he and his buddies believed was a new religion. They wrote the Humanist Manifesto, which, you know, for some perspective, aside from the communism, They say we need to get rid of the profit motive, we need to have equitable distribution of the means of life. This is just straight out of the Communist Manifesto. Uh, The very first plank of their new religion, and I'm quoting verbatim, uh, we religious humanists believe the universe is self-existing and not created. And of course the Bible teaches that in the beginning God created. So Dewey's religion was obviously incompatible with Christianity, but he wanted to use the public school system to advance his new religion. He was so successful that by the early 1960s, the Supreme Court basically established this false religion from hell as the national religion of the United States, uh, forced us to to fund its propagation in taxpayer-funded government schools. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. We see the fruit now. Our society is collapsing. Our children are killing themselves and each other and their babies, and they're getting addicted to drugs. And... You know, we, we see the fruit all around us. It's a horror show. Yes, and by the way, I'm going to hand it over to Mary. This is not something that, um, again, it's it's not new. Uh, and forgive us, for the people that have been listening to this podcast for years, this might seem redundant, some of this, but there are always so many newer listeners, and there's always these reminders that we need to strongly encourage people to get educated and find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of getting educated, I see on the news release for the uh, USPIE film, uh, starts out talking about uh, parents are outraged by a recent proclamation from Cincinnati government schools instructing teachers to consider reporting child abuse to Child Protective Services if a student's parents are unsupportive of his or her gender identity. Wow. Uh, and it says that, you know, finally, enraged Americans are really starting to speak out against this sort of thing. Also, another article, Maryland School District bars parents from opting children out of LGBT book lessons, prompting lawsuit. It says, on Tuesday, a group of six 
Christian and Muslim parents filed a federal lawsuit, <laughs> federal lawsuit yeah. against the Montgomery County Board of Education over the Maryland School District's decision to revoke the right of parents to be able to opt their children out of lessons that include the use of books promoting gender ideology and other sexual themes. Um, they're basically saying, you know, we know what's best for your kids. Yeah, uh, they yeah. must learn to be more LGBTQ inclusive. And Okay, so why is the burden of proof on parents to show that they love their kids? They're presuming that the parents are going to um, come against this, and they probably will, rightly so. They're the parents of these children. So why is the burden of proof on the parents to show that they love their kids and also um, the article says, why does sexual information from a left-wing political group, which is what the schools have become, mm-hmm. rate as academic content in the first place? That's Alex, right. is this in all the states? I mean, you probably don't know this, but what can parents do? Uh, can they do their homework? Because I think they need to in every single state. Find out, is this sort of thing part of you know, the public schools in my state? What's the easiest route for parents to go? Is it just to, to do some research on that? Well, yes. I mean, the the long or the short answer is yes. This is happening all over the country. Um, in fact, this is happening all over the Western world, and um, it's actually part of a broader trend, and that is um, removing parental rights, removing parental authority over children, and transferring that authority to government. Uh, this is not the first time in human history that we've seen this. Adolf Hitler uh, very openly did this. Joseph Stalin, Chairman Mao, Paul Pot, uh, Fidel Castro. Right, we, we've seen this movie before where parents are sidelined. And actually, the Biden administration has been very, very clear on this. They've said repeatedly, yep. in fact, President Biden himself has said repeatedly over just the last few months that, uh, you know, there's no such thing as your children. These are all of our children. These are the nation's children. I mean, this, this right. is exactly the kind of rhetoric that we saw from people like Adolf Hitler. And uh, they're using the transgender issue as one of the ways to advance this idea. And so they, they laid the groundwork for this uh, back during the Obama administration. But what they're arguing is that if your child identifies as a new gender, whether that be, you know, tree or female, male or non-binary or whatever, you know, pick, pick they have infinite genders now. Uh, but if your child identifies as a new gender and you are not supportive, you are a danger to your children. You're a threat to the well-being of your children. Wow. And so they have been training uh, child protection services all across the country with this attitude. They've been teaching teachers this attitude. Um, and, and, in fact, we broke some major stories. I broke a story uh, last summer in the Epic Times about uh, a mother in a very conservative district in northern Colorado, the Poudre School District. Uh, they had convinced her 12-year-old daughter to stay after school for what was alleged to be an art club. Uh, they convinced her that she was a transgender because she wasn't fully comfortable in her own body. And, you know, what pubescent girl is fully comfortable in her own body? Right. They told her she was a transgender. They told her that uh, she couldn't talk to her parents about this because her parents were not a safe space. Uh, well, being a good daughter, she went and she told her parents what these maniacs had done to her and what they had told her. So the parents yanked her out of school. And uh, the school district, and we've got the emails, they plotted to send the CPS to her house uh, because she wasn't being supported. So they're saying if you won't support the castration of your son, if you won't support hysterectomies and double mastectomies for your young daughter, uh, you are a threat to their well-being. They've got these junk studies claiming that uh, you know the kids might be more likely to commit suicide if their parents won't support them. And, um, and it's hard to overstate the danger from this. Uh, mm-hmm. This is an absolute atrocity. And let me tell you just real quick the ending to that story. So the parents pulled the daughter out of school. They put her into a Christian school. 
And, uh, you know, it became a national scandal, actually, after our article. Uh, I was contacted by Tucker Carlson's producers, uh, Glenn Beck's producers. They ended up putting this, uh, this mother on national television. This became a, a huge national scandal. The school district backed down a little bit. <laughs> well, uh, I did a follow-up uh, a few months ago now. People can go read it. They had gotten rid of their LGBT activists who had told this little girl that she was transgender. Well, it turns out they replaced her with a new individual, and it didn't take very long on her social media to figure out this was a self-proclaimed, shape-shifting, genderqueer, blood witch, who uh, actually a professional witch. She, she teaches people witchcraft. Yep. Uh, it's one of the ways she makes her money. She, she's got pictures of herself all over the Internet, painting in blood on the walls, these very bizarre demonic rituals. So, um, so yeah, their version of backing down was bringing on an actual blood witch, to teach the kids LGBTism and to do professional development for the teachers. So even when you think that they're backing down, mom and dad, they are doubling down every time, and this is true all over the country. Alex, was that in Fort Collins, Colorado? Do you remember? Yes, it was. Okay. Yep, just outside Fort Collins, yep. Okay, because I saw another headline. It says, parents sue school district after their kids were traumatized by secret gender change club. So yeah, there are other stories like that. But I want to go back to truth and lies in American education and talk about a couple of the bullet points, such as uh, standardized tests being used for data collection. We talked about that way back when Common Core was unleashed in 2009-2010. So let's just start there about data collection. Now we're talking about the information on a child and possibly their family as well. What what can you tell us about that? Yeah, the the data collection has become so massive. I, I don't think any parent, can, reasonable parent, can comprehend. They are gathering data on the most intimate things happening, even in your child's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you pointed out, Dave, this is something that I've been exposing for, for over a decade. Yep. In fact, I've got reports from the U.S. Department of Education where they're touting some of the technologies that they're now using. And again, this was like 2013. Uh, they had, to give you an example, a facial expression monitor camera. Uh, and this was already in use in 2013 in some yep. federally funded education projects. They're basically exposing children to different stimuli These facial expression monitor cameras are monitoring their facial expressions to determine their response to that stimuli, feeding that data through an algorithm, and then determining whether the child needs an intervention to make sure they have the right attitude. So let me give you some examples. Sure. Um, Let's say the school has determined that uh, abortion, you have to support abortion to have empathy, or that you have to support abortion to have compassion. Uh, and this is exactly what they're doing, right? This is not a hypothetical example. This is exactly what they're doing in classrooms across America. So they've determined that your child needs to believe abortion is a human right and it needs to be legal and taxpayer-funded mm-hmm. to be an empathetic and compassionate person. And they're now measuring empathy and compassion through their social-emotional learning programs. So your child is sitting on a device and is being exposed to, uh, say, hypothetical court rulings or proposed laws dealing with abortion. And if your child has the wrong reaction wrong as defined by them, uh, then the algorithms will infer this from their facial expressions and from other response mechanisms that the body puts out and determine that, hey, this child doesn't have the correct attitude. This child uh, believes that abortion is wrong. This child believes that marriage is between a man and a woman. This child believes that we ought to have uh, some sort of border enforcement to keep our nation uh, relatively sovereign. Mm-hmm. And so all of these attitudes are considered wrong. So these are the types of things that are being collected by the system right now. Uh, artificial intelligence is being rapidly rolled out to process all of this data, to make sense mm. of it, 
to weaponize it. And so everything from your children's dental health to their mental health to their test scores to surveys about, you know, how does daddy talk to mommy? Uh, does anyone smoke at your house? Do people drink at your house? What kind of food do you have in the refrigerator? All of this is being collected, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of data points on every child. And um, this is being weaponized, and it will be further weaponized in the years ahead. Mm-hmm. Again, it's hard to overstate the enormity of this threat. Wow. Incredible. Um, I want to ask you, Alex, now to talk about history. Um, it seems like they've been rewriting history to remake America. They've been doing this for decades. And there was a book that came out. I forgot all about this. I would love for you to speak to it for a minute, how so many people still look at Howard Zinn and a people's history of the United States um, as something that is true when actually, um, unfortunately, it's Marxist propaganda. Speak to us about Zinn and and re- the rewriting of public school textbooks. So Zinn is actually the best-selling, to this day, uh, history textbook. Millions and millions of, of, of his propaganda books have been sold. They're being used in public school classrooms. They're being used in public school curricula all across the country. Um, and you're right. They've been totally and completely debunked. Uh, no serious scholar believes this nonsense any more than any serious scholar believes the, the 1619 Project nonsense. Uh, it's totally fraudulent. It is fiction. Uh, and even left-wing historians have repeatedly come out and said, look, this guy's like just literally making stuff up. None of this even happened. Um, and yet this is the vision, this is the view of history that's being taught, uh, because it's not really about teaching history, right? It's about uh, undermining oppression, as they see it, right? They, they've got this idea, critical theory, where you need to be relentlessly critical of all institutions. Everything needs to be examined through the lens of power and privilege and oppression and oppressor. Mm. And so what you have is a totally fraudulent version of history being taught to our children, where, uh, and, and it's actually the exact opposite of what really happened, right? And so I can give you a very clear example of this. America was the first nation in human history founded on what our founding fathers said was the self-evident truth that all men were created equal. Uh, prior to that time, virtually every culture in every time in every part of the world practiced some sort of slavery. And yet here comes this nation that's founded by Christians, largely Christians, who say, nope, God created us equally. God gave us each rights, the right to liberty, the right to life, the right to property, etc. And, um, and we're going to found a country based on this ideal. And so these ideas that the country was founded on actually set in motion for the first time in human history a genuine abolition movement. Hmm. Americans became the first people on planet Earth in all of human history to ban slavery. Now, yes. we didn't ban it entirely as a nation, but many of our states banned slavery long before the British did it under the leadership of William Wilberforce. Then the British did it. Again, the British abolitionists were inspired by American abolitionists, who, again, were just discerning biblical principles yes. and enshrining those principles in governing documents. And so America and Britain, based on these ideas, abolished slavery, not just in our own countries, but all around the world. Now, it took a long time, right? Saudi Arabia didn't, didn't end slavery until about the 1950s, 1960s. Uh, there are parts of Africa where slavery was still legal up to 15 years ago, right? In Mauritania, you can still buy and sell slaves legally up until 2007. Mm. And so kids are being taught not that America set in motion based on biblical principles, 
uh, the train that eventually ended slavery, legally at least, around the world, they're being taught that America practically invented slavery and that every horror that could ever be imaginable was invented yep. by America's founding fathers. So they're getting history exactly backwards, and this is what Howard Zinn and the 1619 Project and other fake historians are peddling. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for laying that out so clearly and reminding people of the true history. Because you're right, Alex, you know, kids are not being taught that. And they're now going from the 1619 Project to critical race theory and others. A quick question about equity in education. And I I have to put that word in air quotes due to DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, through the university system, but also in the public schools. How have they redefined equity and used that to further their agenda? Well, equity today, when used by the people running the public school system, basically means communism. <laughs> I mean, it was just that simple. Uh, equity is, of course, a term they stole from the Bible. You know, the, the correct meaning of equity is actually a good thing. But uh, this is what they've been doing for so long. They, they take terms, they redefine them, and they do this across the spectrum, right? Like, for example, racism. We all think we know what racism means. Not when they say it, right? They mean something totally different than we do. Um, and so... That's what they've done with equity. When you hear equity from these people, you need to understand they are talking about communism. Um, and this goes back right to the very beginning of the history of the public school system. If you mm-hmm. go back to Robert Owen, he wanted communism. If you go back to Horace Mann, he said publicly in his own writings he wanted the public school system to equalize all men. If you go back to John Dewey and read his writings, again, an ardent believer in government-enforced equality. And, and I hope people will understand that Government-enforced equality is literally incompatible and completely at odds with human freedom. You cannot be both free and have government-enforced equality uh, in terms of equality of outcomes, etc. Some people want to work harder. Some people want to work less. Some people are smarter. Some people are dumber. Uh, The moment you say everybody must have the same everything is the moment you completely eliminate all human freedom. And that's what they're talking about here with the term equity. And I remember you talking about that in the movie, Truth and Lies in American Education, in that film. You kind of lay that out and explain their justification because of different kids' levels or backgrounds or abilities. They said, okay, we want all of them to be equal. That's where equity comes in. Mayor? I'm still I'm still thinking about um, the the children, you know, all their opinions and their their ideas and and how they think about this. What food is in the refrigerator? What I'm still thinking about that because I'm you, you know, mean the data collection the data collection yeah. aspect of it. You know, we did standardized tests as as young people too, and, yeah. and you know it was a day off of classes. We didn't give it much thought, but I, I'm pondering that because now they practically own your soul at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not just race, it's not just uh, equity or unity through religion. I mean, a lot of those sound good and they're, they're all very superficial, but this is not superficial. Mm-hmm. Alex, you said, I can't overstate the importance of this. Mm-hmm. You're not kidding. Yeah. And I'm thinking how... So they basically own this child's soul. I mean, is that where we're going with this? Uh, you know, making everything equal and everything on a, a complete equal level, but... What's in the refrigerator and all that? Uh, that just blows my mind. Yeah, what's your thermostat at? What kind of products do you use at home? Do your parents believe that that book, the Bible, and all that? What do you think, Alex? That, that is nail on the head. I mean, that is where this is going. Um, and, in fact, you know, the, the concept of owning their soul, um, it sounds like hyperbole. It's actually not. It's not. Uh, one of the biggest uh, recent articles I've done on this uh, education I did it for the New American. This was in uh, January of 2023. UN pushing new age spirituality on mm-hmm. school children with SEL and neuroscience. What you'll find is that 
a major goal, a major objective of the people who are pushing these things. And they say this publicly, right? You, you don't have to, like, get into their sneaky, smoke-filled rooms to figure out what they're doing. They're saying this publicly mm-hmm. in their reports. They want to bring our children into this one-world religion, this one-world spirituality. Uh, they're using social-emotional learning to accomplish this. And uh, the people who are, I know this sounds like bad science fiction, but again, all of this is verifiable. I can send you the videos. You can read the documents yourself. Um, The people who are pushing this are openly telling you that they are in communication with spiritual entities. Uh, Some of them call them ascended masters. Uh, They're doing very bizarre rituals. And yet there's an entire agency within UNESCO, the UN Educational Scientific and Cultural Organization, that is dedicated to mainstreaming this concept of social-emotional learning in schools all over the world, and they tell you that the goal is to bring children into this one-world spirituality, uh, to bring them into this new concept of values and ethics and attitudes and morality. And um, we are quite literally talking about um, evil from the pit of hell. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take long for a discerning Christian to read through these documents and figure out, wow, this is horrific, this is monstrous, mm-hmm. and yet it's happening to our children all over the world, not just in America. Well, we've only got about 10 minutes left with Alex Newman, but we've got to take a break. And what you said is very important. It's not just the mothership of the uh, National Education Association. We're talking about the UN, the United Nations, and the globalists there and the Marxists that are imp- impacting, influencing education and uh, what's happening to America's children. So we've got a lot more with Alex Newman. When we come back, we're going to talk about the biblical battle versus evil, education, Christianity in the U.S. He really laid out some great information at Reawaken America and the Liberty Sentinel on just some points that we need to be aware of. We'll just touch on a few because we're not going to have a lot of time. But I do want to end with a quote from Benjamin Rush. You guys are not going to believe this. But before we take our break, Benjamin Rush said, The great enemy of the salvation of man, in my opinion, never invented a more effectual means of extinguishing Christianity from the world than by persuading mankind that it was improper to read the Bible at schools. Benjamin Rush. And a lot more quotes like that by our founding fathers, Fisher Ames, Noah Webster, and so many more that you can look up. And so we have to be aware... History has been rewritten. There is a war against the family and, of course, against Christianity and uh, God's truth. We'll uh, touch on some of these things when we come back with Alex Newman. Keep it right here. Your prayers and ongoing financial support keep our Truth at Any Cost mission strong. StandUpForTheTruth.com we're with Alex Newman, the Liberty Sentinel, the New American, publicschoolexit.com, and Freedom Project Media, so much more. Mayor, you have a question about a certain individual. I do. Uh, Alex, you recently did an interview with G. Edward Griffin. What's ahead in the epic battle for liberty? G. Edward Griffin, if people don't know, he's a visionary of the Red Pill Expo, Red Pill University. Uh, he believes in individualism, individualism over collectivism. He wrote The Creature from Jekyll Island in 1994, which I have read. Um, and I see that the Red Pill Expo is coming up in August, and you are one of the speakers. And I wanted to ask you, what what was it like talking to G. Edward? I know he's just a real trailblazer in the, the um, keeping the liberty in our country. And what were some of the, the uh, takeaways you had in, in speaking with him? 
Yeah, he really is an extraordinary man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been very honored to serve on his board now for, I think, five or six years. Um, so I, I've, I've really enjoyed being able to spend some time with him. But uh, in, in our hour-long interview, um, we, we explored kind of his overall vision for how do we preserve freedom in this country and around the world. You know, that's been a passion of his for uh, 60, 70 years now, well, well, uh, well longer than most of us have been alive. He has been in the trenches in this battle. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was a real honor to be able to talk to him about that, talk about his legacy. You know, the man's written so many books. He's done so many documentaries. Um, and uh, his work, I think, is, is finally getting the attention it deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things we're working on right now is a documentary about an interview that he did uh, back in the mid-1980s with a Soviet defector who had come over to the United States. Um, just a, an absolutely fascinating interview. Uh, it's going to be called, I think, Comrade Yuri. It's about Yuri Bezmenov. And uh, Ed said that when he put that uh, film out, I think he said they sold 40 copies. Uh, now it's been seen probably well over 50 million times on the Internet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, wow. Somebody uploaded it to YouTube, and it went mega viral. But uh, you know, he he wrote the the most comprehensive book about the history of the Federal Reserve System, yes. which has been a critical tool for taking down our country, for, mm-hmm. for undermining our economy, for undermining our freedom. So he he really is a towering figure in the, in the history of liberty in this country, especially the contemporary liberty movement. And so you know, for people who want to see that, they can find that in a variety of different places on my Rumble channel. It's also up at uh, American Media Periscope. Um, and, you know, if you're not familiar with Ed Griffin yet, you really should be. He is uh, just a, a giant in this movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in his 90s now, oh, wow. but uh, he's also the organizer of the Red Pill Expo. The next one will be coming up uh, in Iowa. I'll be speaking there. I'm, again, I'm on the board. I speak at all of them, and we would love to see people there if they want to come out. So. When is that in Iowa? Uh, that will be, I believe it's in August. Okay. I'll be able to get you 12th a date. and 13th. It's the 12th and 13th in Des Moines. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, Alex, let's talk about the biblical battle because we know it's it's this is a spiritual battle at the core of what's happening in our country, but especially in the education uh, system where the souls and the hearts of children are at stake. You say Christians in particular should fight the Great Reset from Hell with the Great Commission, and you talk about the epic war against the forces of evil. You lay out a lot of them, just really, I believe, uh, provocative but very impactful points about what's happening, starting with the reality of our nation being at war from within, and they're at war with God. And just walk us through a couple of the points here. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. I had to sneeze. Oh, okay, um, that's okay. Just walk us through a couple of the points, and and the one I really wanted to remind people of was Psalm two, verse two. Yeah, and you know the the conference, really the theme of the conference, these reawaken America conferences are put on by uh, General Flynn and Clay Clark, and um, the the Great Reset has kind of been at the forefront of people's minds, and uh, this was announced back in um, mid 2020. But uh, what I wanted to show people in in my brief talk there was that. Really, this is not new. This is not some kind of um, just recent phenomenon that wicked men are waging war against God and against God's people and against the the truths and the moral code that God has ordained. Uh, This is something that's been going on for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So if you go back to Psalm 2, uh, this was written by uh, David. You read that the kings of the earth and the rulers are conspiring together against the Lord and his anointed one. Uh, Some translations say they take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed one, which is the same thing. So even 3,000 years ago, you had the rulers, the, the most powerful men of the earth, conspiring and, and taking counsel together against God and against God's people and against Jesus Christ. 
And so this is not a new phenomenon. We're, we're just kind of, I think many Christians in America are just starting to realize like, whoa, that's, it's real, right? And it's becoming real in a, in a way that it wasn't even just a few years ago for people. And so I wanted to encourage people because this is a battle that's been going on for thousands of years. God is ultimately sovereign. God is ultimately in charge. None of this is a surprise to him. The outcome of the battle doesn't depend on us and our puny efforts. We just need to do what we're called to do. And so when people talk about battling the Great Reset, you know, yeah, it's important to be involved politically. Yeah, it's important to get our kids out of public schools. Yeah, it's important to expose uh, Klaus Schwab and Henry Kissinger and George Soros and Bill Gates of Hell and all the rest of these clowns. But ultimately, we need to recognize that Satan and his minions are the real force behind this wickedness and that God is already victorious. And, you know, when people get scared about these things, when people get scared about the Great Reset or the globalists or the New World Order, I say to them, you know, first of all, God doesn't just frown on fear among his people. He absolutely despises fear among his people. Mm. Right? The ones who should be terrified are the people who are in rebellion against the creator of the heavens and the earth. They're the ones who are surrounded. They're the ones who are going down. And even though we may face trouble in this life, even though we may face persecution in this life because yes. we love the Lord, in fact, Christ promised us that, um, we need to recognize that we serve the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and, um, you know, for, for us to be scared of that is preposterous. And so God told us to go make disciples of all the nations. God told us to baptize them in the name of the yeah, Father, yeah. the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And he told us to teach them to obey all the things that he commanded us. So that that's our job. That's our mission while we're here on this planet. And um, you know, the great resetters, they're going down. I don't know when, but they're going down. Amen. And we're going to put a link to this at StandUpForTheTruth.com in today's podcast post on uh, LibertySentinel.org, Biblical Battle versus Evil. I like you said Bill Gates of Hell. Did everybody catch that? Um, <laughs> storming the gates of hell. But another point you make, Alex, whoever is not with me is against me. Jesus said that. And you say there are only two camps. Can you just in the last minute or, or so here, can you just wrap up that thought and the importance of saying, hey, wh- Jesus said whoever is not with me is against me. Yeah, and, and so when you read the scriptures, uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, what's very clear is that there is this ongoing spiritual battle, this ongoing war between the forces of evil, the forces of hell, and God and God's people. And uh, there there is no neutral middle ground, right? And, and I think even a lot of American Christians for the last hundred years or so, they just thought, you know, it's just we're going to be comfortable here. There's nothing really to, to be concerned about. And so if you don't know which side you're on, in this battle, if you don't even recognize that there is a battle going on, uh, you have some real soul-searching to do, because you need to be in your Bible, you mm-hmm. need to be praying, uh, because this is what the Scriptures teach about the nature of reality. And I encourage people to go to Ephesians chapter 6, you'll get probably the clearest description in the Bible of what's going on here. We're, we're at war, we're wrestling with uh, not uh, flesh and blood, not people, but powers and principalities yes. and yes. the spiritual wickedness and darkness in high places. Um, this is demonic, mm-hmm. and if you look around you, it should be very clear that it's demonic. But again, uh, be encouraged. Uh, Jesus Christ has already defeated the forces of evil, and um, it, you know they they may roam about for a time, but uh, this battle is already decided. There's Amen. no chance that Jesus will lose, and so you better <laughs> pick a side. You better pick the right side, and you better do it sooner rather than later. Amen. Alex Newman, thank you so much for your time today, brother. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. God bless. Thank you. All right, God bless you. Wow. Um, that conversation could have gone on for another hour. But, uh, Mayor, I, I want to bring out one other point that he wrote about. Um, Alex mentions that uh, we over, this is our mission, the gospel, 
disciples standing against evil, he said, um, we also overcome evil with good. People forget that verse. In Romans 12, it talks about we aren't to conform to this world or the pattern of this world. We are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, and that's through the Word of God. But the end of chapter 12, so you got 12, verse 2, and then you got 12, 21, which says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Very important point to make as we're dealing with darkness and evil in our culture that we never thought we'd see mm-hmm. in our lifetimes. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to emphasize that point that uh, Alex makes in uh, this uh, great rundown here. Again, we'll put that in the podcast notes. Well, it's great that he talks about here. There are really only two camps. I love this because when we're talking about politics and the left, they want to divide and label people. What's your sexual orientation? What's your ethnicity? What's your economic status? And they go by all these different categories and labels they can put on people. But that's not God's economy. It's are you, you who is not for me is against me. Uh, so I just think that that's fascinating because humans love to, and also you were talking about um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, Satan transforms himself, and his followers want to transform us mm. into his image when actually uh, we are to be transformed into God's image. So there's so many great applications yes. here and, and so many, uh, such a great springboard. The things that he's doing, the work that he's doing is just, uh, it's just amazing. He's a brilliant man. Yeah. Um, and we didn't even mention the salt and light. Um, um, we, we've really got to continue to push some of these programs and some of these organizations that true Christians are trying to raise awareness about across the country. So, um, just mm. love, love Alex. He's become a good friend and a brother. Um, let's talk a little bit more about this. It's different, you know, similar, the, the battle, the globalist battle. It's not just for control and power. They, they, they do need to take down America first. And so there's an article over at the stream, Mayor, that you and I talked about. We weren't sure if we were going to have time for this today, but I think we can touch on it. And then, unless you want to talk about Turkey first, oh, this is fine. Okay, this is fine. how the WHO, the World Health Organization, could take over global health in less than two years? Now we already know their impact on big pharma and on on healthcare and on what we've seen roll out since, well, COVID twenty twenty. But it starts off by saying more than a decade before. The onset of the global COVID pandemic, Rahm Emanuel, the chief chief of staff of President-elect Barack Obama, said uh, what is known as Rahm's rule, never let a serious crisis go to waste. And what I mean by that is it's an opportunity to do things you could not mm-hmm. do before, end quote. So the World Health Organization, they ripped a page out of Emanuel's playbook and ran with it when it came to the COVID-19 response. And Mayor, most of our listeners understand, well, hindsight's twenty we We're looking back and going, wow, what they were able to accomplish, the ground they were able to gain mm-hmm. during that time. And yes. so go ahead and, and just share whatever points you'd like to talk about here. Well, it talks about um, a little bit of the history here. I know that we've, for the last year and a half, the WHO has been working on a global pandemic treaty. And all it is is a power grab, mm-hmm. basically, based on, what you just said alone, it's a power graph. But it says here, since the WHO declared COVID a global pandemic on March 11th, 2020, the world's most recognized global health organization has been working hard behind the scenes to rebrand itself from the International Health Advisory Council to the accepted, through though unelected, uh, global health governing authority. Mm-hmm. The WHO considers it a tremendous achievement to say that during 20. 20- 
to 21, it led the largest ever global response to a health crisis, which includes helping galvanize the biggest, fastest, and most complex vaccination drive in history. And now it says here they wow. spent 1.7 billion in U.S. taxpayer dollars alone. Billion with a B. Yeah, with a B to take <laughs> that credit. It says according to the World COVID World Vaccination Tracker, which is archived by the New York Times. So. Anyway, uh, more than 5.55 billion people worldwide have been injected with a dose or more of a COVID-19 shot, equal to 72.3% of the world population. It says, think about that. Almost three-fourths of the global population has been injected with the mRNA shot, whose effectiveness wanes by six months and does not prevent infection or transmission. Okay. Let's talk about that. Let's pause here. Um these numbers, Mayor, are staggering. They really are, yeah. 5.5 billion people worldwide equal to about 72.3% of the world population. And so almost three-fourths of the mm-hmm. population has been injected uh, yeah. into our physical bodies, mm-hmm. not yours and mine, mm-hmm. but you, those who um, got the vaccine or took the shot. Now, think about... <laughs> What the news now? We're now hindsight again is twenty twenty. We're looking back, and now we're seeing articles of young athletes having heart problems, myocarditis, and uh, you know some are having brain aneurysm, other things. Now they're not all proven to have been due to the vaccine, but uh, there's a lot of articles where I think you just need to put two and two together. And connect the dots because we have never before in history, and we've had the internet for how many years, Mayor? Over twenty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, late nineties. Yeah, late nineties. Yeah, yeah. We've had the internet for a long time, and yet, why the sudden dramatic surge of stories where people in their teens and twenties are ha- are going to the ER or are dying from? heart or lung or brain-related issues, never before have we seen this many. Let's, I mean, let's not be naive. Let's be discerning. Let's take in the information. And um, let's understand the times. God's people perish for lack of knowledge. It's a famous quote that people often refer to, Hosea 4.6. So what do we do with this knowledge? Well, if we can go to the Bible and say, okay, yeah, we're not surprised that this is happening. This is where we need to get for the end times. You look at Revelation mm-hmm. and other biblical prophecy. Uh, we know this is very possible. We need to warn our brothers and sisters. And then we also, with the gospel, as Alex Newman was saying, mm-hmm. we need to warn others that there is an eternity. We all live forever, yeah. not in these human bodies, physical mm-hmm. bodies, but there there is a choice that needs to be made. And so... Um, we have a job to do while we're here. Let's not get sidetracked yeah, too much with absolutely. all that's going on. Yeah, and we have to know about these things because even though it's inevitable, even though that world government and this pandemic treaty, uh, pandemic preparedness treaty where you will need to have a global uh, passport, uh, I mean, it's going to affect every aspect of our lives basically because they've, they're meeting, I think it ends tomorrow, this uh, WHO, um, you know, treaty planning organization. They plan in January, they meet in May, and then they put together all their recommendations. And I think this is a real uh, pivotal point for mm-hmm. global government. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to know about these things because then we can respond properly. We can warn people and we can say, look, you know, um, we're getting to that point where yes. you need to know uh, what you believe, whom yeah. you believe, and uh, get, in, get in the boat uh, 
um, be covered by uh, Jesus. And we know the administration is already more than willing to sign over U.S. sovereignty, Mm -hmm. to sign over our sovereignty when it comes to uh, a pandemic or under emergency orders or however they're doing that. Uh, We understand that it is happening. It could happen. So let's not be surprised and let's not be overwhelmed by this. Um, We're Again, we're... Are the timeline of eternity, if you look at, try to see the whole thing, we're like this little blip, you know, we're in the year 2023. Um, but also a couple of things, Mayor, from this article that we forget about. Alex Newman was talking about in the public schools, the surveillance, right, and data collection. Mm-hmm. collection. We're talking about now in terms of health and this, you know, the globalist push, contact tracing. Yeah. Uh, it's not just about the vaccine. It's about surveillance. It's about, and then, of course, going to a, a digital currency. There's so many things. They're going to have access to a lot of people's information and uh, a lot of private information at that. So um, you're just your thoughts on that, Mayor. I don't, I don't want to be sensational mm-hmm. about this. A lot of people have been warning about this for, for years. But we're seeing that we've, we've, we're probably getting closer. To this yeah, this this will result in a backdoor police state. Uh, they talk about um, changing the nature of the WHO's recommendations from advisory to mandatory, uh, expanding the WHO's capacity to censor misinformation and disinformation. So we would be considered misinformation mm. about health and about yeah. vaccines. Yes, uh, empowering an emergency committee to override decisions made by sovereign nations regarding national health measures. There's a mic drop right there because <laughs> you know they haven't left anything out and. Um, John Rutherford recently wrote a book about the police state and uh, in America, and it's just very, very eye-opening. We are, we are here, basically. Um, so, again, what, what do we do about that? Will we warn people? You have something else, yeah, David, well, that you're looking is, at there? Well, this is, well, let me repeat that, first of all. Um, empowering the Emergency Committee to override decisions mm-hmm. made by sovereign nations regarding national health measures, Article 43. But from from the timeline on the World Health Organization website, these measures are scheduled to be voted on at the World Health Assembly next year. Okay, so there's already things in place. We already know the direction our administration, current administration is going. I'll stress that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what they're going to be voting on next year. All 194 member nations should be more than a little concerned about the impact of these legally binding international agreements um, and then what they would have on their own national public health sovereignty. Uh, so this, unfortunately, is not a conspiracy theory. No, it is. <laughs> I wish I could say it was. I wish I could say, hey, we're just putting out some speculation here, right, Mayor? Well, and I, my understanding initially from the January press releases is that they were going to vote on it this year. So if that buys another year, I'm all for that. Um, well, I know there are a lot of votes, a lot of meetings, but you know the important thing is we know, uh, and this even says the Biden White House is firmly mm-hmm. committed to advancing pandemic preparedness abroad through strengthening the WHO and standing in support of these targeted changes to the IHR amendments and spearheading a future international pandemic accord. So we already know what the uh, Democrat socialists and the Marxists want to do. They are walking in step with the globalists, and this is where we're at today. We're not surprised. No. Uh, didn't Alex say, well, God's not up there saying, oh my goodness, yeah. I never thought America would go right. in this direction. He's not wringing his hands about <laughs> any of it. I know. That's yeah. so encouraging. I understand, too, there was a CDC conference in the last few days where the majority of people went home with COVID, and they were all oh vaccinated. Goodness. Oh my goodness. Wait, so, wait, wait a minute. How does that happen? 
little virus shedding going on there. I wonder what they paid to attend the conference to, so they could get COVID. <laughs> virus shedding. Oh, my goodness. And we know there's, we, we haven't heard a lot about that shedding right. from the vaccine from people that have been vaccinating. There's this thing called shedding. We, I mean, two years ago, we had Dr. Lee Merritt on this podcast, and we were talking about bioweapons and shedding uh, of the vaccines. It's just there's some fascinating things going on. Again, friends, not to be overwhelmed, because, you know, God is in control. He is the sovereign and the truth and the way, and uh, Jesus is Lord. We understand that uh, the enemy will continue to prowl around like a roaring lion. He is not a roaring lion, if you compare him to the lion of the tribe of Judah. Um the enemy will prowl and try to intimidate, and let's not give in to fear. Two minutes left. Mary, your final thoughts before we announce what's happening next week or the rest of this week. Well, the rest of this week, yeah. Um, I, you know, it's just so amazing to talk to someone like Alex who, yeah. who is just on top of everything. And you know how hard it is, and I understand how hard it is to stay on top of everything. Yeah, he's uh, and, a great and then resource. He is a wonderful resource, and yet, you know, we, we don't get discouraged. We don't become fearful. That's the la- That plays right into the enemy's hands. Mm-hmm. But we do want to uh, be informed. We want to pass along information um, to the listener, whatever is beneficial, um, and and build one up, uh, one another up in the faith, and encourage one another. Yes. Well, um, it's still today. Encourage one another. That's right. And sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Correct. Yeah. Um, let's not worry about tomorrow. Oh Lord, um, what a, it seems, just seems like we have a short week now. Uh, Memorial Day was yesterday, and we're just thankful that. Uh, we have such great guests to turn to, and we you, you will hear a rebroadcast tomorrow. Uh, Carl Tykrib, he was with us, I think it was uh, December or January. Mm-hmm. Of course, Carl is from uh, Canada, and mm-hmm. he's got a phenomenal book, The uh, Game of Gods, and we've had him to talk about that, but a lot of other issues as well. It's happening worldwide with the globalist push. He's very much into how New Age plays into this and how the Satanists are all intertwined with these globalists. And um, so Carl Teichrib tomorrow. Mary, you are going to do headlines and worldview issues on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And can I just tease part of it? Can I let that out of the bag? She is going to talk about Hillsong. Uh Uh-oh. You know, because that's a very controversial, in within the church, Mm -hmm. that's a very touchy um, issue. But Mary is going to have some truth for you, friends, that you're going to have to just acknowledge and say, okay, Am I going to continue to support mm-hmm. Hillsong? That's just part of it. You want to give us another? Well, I, w- I was actually shocked at some of what I understand. <laughs> you There's, were there, shocked. Yes, there is a documentary out there, a four-part documentary, that just called Secrets of Hillsong. It was just released. And, wow, it's loaded with things that I did not know, and it serves as a very a warning to the church today, very much so. Yeah, Terry Reynolds on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about Terry Reynolds. Terry Reynolds is a pastor in Orange County. He served with Pastor Chuck. He California. Is, yes, he is He is the head of Word for Today, which a lot of people may not even know exists. Wow. We're going to talk about prophecy and that sort of thing. And, awesome. Uh, it'll be great. Awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, we've got a, a busy week, as always. Great guests. Remember, you can subscribe to the newsletter for free. It's still free, right? Have you told anybody to charge for that? Because I haven't. Okay. So it's still free. Go to standupforthetruth.com right on the homepage. You should be able to click, I think it's just one button where it says subscribe. That's it. Right in the middle, middle of the navigation bar right next to resources. We encourage you to check out our more than 200 trusted resources. Alex Newman is one of those. Liberty Sentinel. And so many others. Um, thank you guys for, for listening, for sharing the podcast on social media. We really appreciate you. Uh, Mayor, 
To be continued, mm-hmm. right? Oh, All, yeah. Always new things. So, uh, friends, uh, thanks yeah. again. Stay strong. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. God bless you. And as always, speak. Tre- keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>